BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Monday, your day-to-day play-by-play. Back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is September 20th. BYU football is still undefeated. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who is campaigning for a certain BYU guy to get into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. His name is Jerem Jordan. It's Tyler Algier. After that play, oh, that play is one of the greatest in BYU history. Just unbelievable. Tyler Algier, after an interception by Jaron Hall, chases down the interceptor and then goes into linebacker mode, sheds a defender, Left shoulder down, right, punch in and gets Superman the ball out. Punch. And Jaron Hall recovers this ball. Oh, the hustle by both of those guys. Unfreaking believable. Amazing play. So, yes, he should be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a theater near you this fall, perhaps in uh, Spider Man. I love that he just got up and didn't even turn around to look at the play. He just kind of like, <laughs> whatever, started walking back to the huddle. Like, okay. He's probably really tired. That just happened. So what, what's next? What? Jaren, you got the ball. Okay, cool. What are we doing now? We just lost 60 yards. Uh, yeah. He, he did the cool guys don't look at explosions mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Tyler Algier. Yes, he went full on linebacker mode. Superman punch. That was like an MMA move. Like that that was incredible. Yeah, it was it was gnarly. Like he had to have practiced that before. There's no way you just bust that out in the moment. He saved the game. He was yes, he was a linebacker. Tyler Algier saved the game. He saved the game, which is why he belongs well, he's kind of saved the BYU fan universe, right? So he, he does avenged belong, the he, interception. He does belong in the Marvel Cinematic We're not the Universe. Revengers. We're the Avengers. Yeah, let's go. Undefeated BYU, yes, three and zero, ranked in the top fifteen, three wins over power five teams. Included in today's show lineup, is it time to discuss, Jerem, something even bigger? Show my, show my shirt here, okay? More special. Show my shirt. More hyped up. Hey. I know several of you are like, don't go there. Just focus on USF. Hype train. I'm on board. Jerem's on board go. for the hype train. Even Jerem's on board for <laughs> the hype go. train. Winning the national chip. No, no, not that far. Come on. ESPN's Trevor Maddich <laughs> will discuss where he stands on expectations for this season now that BYU is 3-0. And how exactly did BYU pull off that win over Arizona State? Because it was a weird game. In fact, for about half of the game, I felt like BYU was losing. And they never even trailed into the game. They haven't trailed all season. That's right. That's a fact. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you didn't hear in the beginning of the show here, Number 23, BYU football beats number 19, Arizona State, 27-17 to improve to 3-0, led by the Cougars, forcing four turnovers. There were two on one play. It was weird. Cougars jumped from 23 to 15 in the AP poll, the largest jump of anybody this week. Jaron Hall went 15 of 27, 214 passing yards, two TDs, his first two turnovers in pick fashion as a Cougar. He did leave the game with what he called the wind being knocked out of him. Baylor Romney came in through the game-sealing TD pass to Isaac Rex for a second of the day. Here's <laughs> Coach Kalani Sataki on Romney. I, I said I felt good with all those, those quarterbacks. I think they can help us win games. I've seen the quarterback uh, depth on our, on our team. I trust A-Rod. A-Rod trusts Baylor, and he made that throw. Romney tried to uh, you know self-sack uh, by stumbling. He got out of that. And then threw a ball that, uh, which was pretty funny in the post game. It was revealed yeah. that 
uh, Festitaki said, don't throw that unless it's wide open. Yes. And it wasn't, but he threw it in. Anyway. Baylor's running back onto the field, <laughs> and Coach Satake, Fessy, says, don't throw the ball unless he's wide open. He wasn't. Uh, BYU hosts South Florida Saturday night, 10-20 Eastern. Ryan Rico. You said he's the best player on the BYU football he's, team, Jerem. He is. Named to the Ray Guy Award watch list that honors the nation's most outstanding college football punter. He ripped off an 83-yard punt on Saturday, a new BYU football record. Incredible. 83 yards. Mm, pretty good. Tough to get much longer than that, right? You've got to be on, like, the two-yard line. Yeah, and you wouldn't have a full swing, so maybe we'll see a longer one. Cougars in the NFL. Zach Wilson had a bad day. Threw four picks. Jets lost 25-6 to the Patriots. Tyson Williams, 13 carries, 77 yards for the Ravens, who beat Daniel Sorensen's Chiefs. Great Sunday night football game, 36-35. Williams fumbled at the goal line, but it was recovered for a TD. Fred Warner and the Niners beat the Eagles 17-11. Warner had a TFL. Jamal Williams playing the ex-girlfriend tonight. The Lions versus Packers Monday night football game. And this just in this morning, Marty Hodges' dad, Tristan, what's up, says he has signed with the Browns. Good for Tristan. exciting. All right. I'm starting J-Swag Daddy and my fantasy football team for the first time ever. Nice. Usually he gets drafted because I'm in leagues with a bunch of BYU fans and he'll get taken earlier, you know, than he probably should. Yeah. You find that on my team. Nice. See what he does. BYU Women's Volleyball ranked number 15th in the country. Number 15 was the operative ranking right now. Sweeps Utah Valley 25-16, 25-18, 25-20, and improved to 10-1 on the season. Kenzie Kerber continues for superlative season, 18 kills. Whitney Bauer had 37 assists. Uh, I anticipate BYU move up uh, a couple of spots after beating Utah. Number 18 women's soccer lost to Utah State 2-1 in overtime. This was a shocker. The Cougars had 30 shots and dropped their third game of the season. Super weird game at Southfield. It's a weird sport because they outshoot Utah State 30-6 to yeah. and lose. Yeah, uh, 10 saves for D.R. Walton, the Utah State keeper. She was Incredible. BYU Women's Golf competing at the Mercedes-Benz Collegiate Championship in Knoxville, Tennessee today. Good luck to their star, Leela Naliai, and the rest of the crew. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU victorious by 10 points over Arizona State. The Cougar defense has now held their three Power 5 opponents to 16 points, 17 points, and 17 points. And they've gone over 24, or at least 24, in all three of those wins. Hey, Bronco. Right? That stat is back and relevant to Cougars. In a lot of ways, are the talk of major college football. Jerem, like I said earlier, it was kind of a weird game. And I kept looking at the scoreboard like, oh, yeah, BYU is still winning this game. What was the determining factor in BYU knocking off, at the time, number 19, Arizona State. There's a million things that it could be. I think it's Tyler Algier. I think it was his tough running, especially in the second half. He finishes with uh, 69 yards, only 3.3 a carry. But in the second half, there were some runs that got BYU some critical first downs, this long five-minute drive to uh, seal the game later. And, of course, the play he made, which probably saved the game, right? It felt like it did in the moment. You could also credit the crowd, specifically the Rock. The fact that Arizona State... <laughs> Uh, 16 penalties. Just 16. Un- just so undisciplined. Full, four false starts on a single drive, that one where they're backed up against The Rock, and The Rock really brought it. Oh, you were so good. You were so good, Rock. Keep bringing that energy to every game. I know it's going to be hard when it's not a ranked team. It's not Utah. It's not Arizona State. It's South Florida. Just act like it's Florida. South Florida. 
coming to town Saturday night. There were so many key um, people and things that happened here. Aaron Roderick as well. Second half, BYU can't run the ball. Uh, first half, BYU can't run the ball. Second half, BYU can. Just really open that up. Um, and then hopefully, by the way, Jaron Hall's okay. And uh, hopefully, Keenan Peely's okay. But you, you have to wonder. Jaron Hall did say he just got the wind knocked out of him. That's great news. I hope there's no lingering effects there. The turnover battle once again favors BYU. Arizona State turns it over four times, including the opening kickoff. <laughs> I mean, Talmadge the, play, Gunther. the place went absolutely bonkers. Yeah, Talmadge Gunther, one of those guys that was featured prominently in the Bilt Bar reveal for giving scholarships to walk-on players. Yeah. He makes the play, the tackle punches it out, and BYU recovers and is up 7 to nothing, essentially one minute into the game. So that kind of started BYU's momentum. But four turnovers, BYU gives it up twice. You go plus two. Jaron, that's the recipe for success. Yeah, great pick by Malik Moore. Um, you know, and, and BYU was ready. Just great, great Peyton Wilgar just upends the guy hard. And then Max uh, Tooley Tooley out of the air. Yep, great, great stuff there. BYU was very opportunistic. In fact, the first two turnovers that they forced, they scored touchdowns on both of those. And then you brought up the 16 penalties. Now do you believe me? How many times last week, BYU Sports Nation, did I tell you? (laughs) Arizona State is super talented. They always have... Athletes on the outside in the skill positions, they're super speedy, but they just do not play disciplined football. 16 penalties. This is why they consistently underachieve. This team is good enough to win the Pac-12 South. Well, BYU is the Pac-12 South leader right now. 3-0. Yeah. Okay. So technically, yeah, (laughs) BYU are the de facto South leaders, but Arizona State, is. I think they're the best team in the Pac-12 South right now. Because, I think yeah, it's Arizona who because lost UCLA, to Northern Arizona. Because UCLA, Jerem, the Bruins are going to Bruin. They lost Fresno State at home. Congratulations to UCLA. It was an awesome yeah, two who, weeks. Who is, yeah, who is the best team? You think it's Arizona State still? I think it's Arizona State. I wonder if uh, Corner Canyon's Jackson Dart and USC will have a rebound. Maybe. There. It's it's all up it in the air. It ain't Utah who lost San Diego State. I think Arizona State's defense, really good. Really physical. BYU finally wore them down in the fourth quarter and did something they've been doing like every game when you need to have a drive and you need to hold on to the ball, BYU's been able to do that in the fourth quarter. Yep. These long, yep. sustained drives that result in points with just a few minutes left in the game. Yes, massive drive at the end, right? It's a four-point game. It's 21-17. BYU needs at least a field goal. And on third down, BYU gets aggressive and throws the ball with the backup. That was the only pass on that drive, by the way. And it was from the backup Baylor Romney, who in his mind is the starter, right? So I love that Baylor Romney reveals, like, yeah, coach told me not to throw the ball unless he was wide open, but <laughs> I still threw it. Ain't no backup mentality ain't, I, I ain't going to throw it. He's it. there to make a play, man. And then Isaac Rex said, yeah, coach did say that, but I, I'm glad the I The elk stuck out his antlers and caught that one. Come on, man. I told Byron Rex, hey, I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, he wasn't supposed to throw it unless Isaac was open. And he's like, Really? Wait, did Isaac did Isaac reveal that? Tell me Isaac didn't reveal that. <laughs> like, no, no, Baylor told me. He's like, okay, good. Fair enough. <laughs> what a play. It's so gutsy. Um, but then again, you think if he's not wide open. You know who's almost always wide open? Isaac Rex, because he's 6'6 and super athletic in the end zone and had 12 touchdowns last year. Yeah, so he scores 12 touchdowns. Yes. And he said, but I never really got to celebrate a big touchdown with the home fans. So he's like, yeah. 
I did it twice and, today, and he's like, it was amazing. Yes, I'm excited to break this down in the film room with him uh, coming up tomorrow night on the Satake Show. Topic two, does BYU deserve to be ranked higher than 15th? No, I think number 15 is very fair. BYU was the high mover in this week's AP poll. They jumped eight spots from 23 to 15. Where, where do you want to put them? Maybe above Iowa State, who is... Two and one, but Iowa State, Iowa State has two ranked wins: Indiana and Iowa State. And and uh, sorry, they lost to uh, Iowa. Iowa. They lost right. to Iowa. They have one ranked win, so they're um, two okay. and one. I mean, maybe BYU gets bumped up to number fourteen. Someone joked; I can't remember which BYU fan it was, but uh, it's nice to see that uh, Iowa State, with one loss, is still being consistently ranked. That quality loss is still better right. than BYU's three right. wins. Iowa has two ranked wins. Excuse me. Um, Okay, obviously not Bama. Uh, Bama is Bama. Georgia beat Clemson. Oregon beat Ohio State. Penn State has two ranked wins, Wisconsin and Auburn. Uh, Iowa has two ranked wins. Then it gets interesting, though, right? Penn State beat Auburn. That's a good one. Um, yep. Texas A&M was really good. Wisconsin. Texas A&M uh, has looked good, but, but has, has, doesn't have a ranked win, right? Kent State, Colorado, New Mexico. My, uh, Cincinnati beat Miami of Ohio, Murray State, and Indiana. Clemson has Clemson's Clemson, so you, okay. so if you if you took off the logos and just looked at the resume, yes, BYU should be higher. But in these polls, there's always the brand. Well, that's right? why Pat Forty in his power yeah. poll has BYU at number seven. Yes, I and I agree with that idea. But in a poll like this, you're always going to have the history taken into account, program prestige. Like Notre Dame, BYU should be ranked ahead of Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Florida oh, State in overtime, Toledo and Purdue. No, BYU's. Three wins, all power five, two against ranked teams, are better than Notre Dame. They have Rudy and touchdown Jesus and the four horsemen, so they're ranked above BYU. You know what's great? Notre Dame and Cincinnati are going to somehow figure that all out when they play each other in a couple of weeks. One of those teams is going down. Is it this week? They go head-to-head. I can't Maybe, remember. No, no. Cincinnati has a two bye. Two weeks. Okay. Then, so That's the, going to be a fun game. Assuming BYU handles their business in against USF. South Bend, I think. And then the Cougars get a win in Logan against Utah State. BYU would be 5-0. Yeah. and oh, Going into that Saturday when Cincinnati and Notre Dame go head-to-head. Week 6 has a ton of really fascinating, highly-ranked matchups. BYU keeps winning. Like, those teams, by default, one of those, like, a few of those yeah. teams are just going to drop and lose. Yeah, uh, and if BYU beats South Florida, it should. What's the line? 23 and a half? And then Utah State, 3-0 right now with a win at Washington State, so they're feeling good. Um, that should be interesting. Shades of 2014, as you brought up Saturday. Uh, 4-0 BYU ranked in the top 15. Well, BYU was number 18 the night they hosted Utah State. Right, so it's even worse because BYU's better. They're exercising (laughs) demons this season. This is the season of exercising demons, Jerem. BYU breaks the streak against Utah. Okay, ended that. Oh, no, game number three, all whites. This team reminds us of 96. In 96, Uh, they wore all whites against the Pac-12 team and lost. BYU's exercising literal devils in white. Okay. Yes. Um, okay, they're exercising also, USF, first, the vengeance match. They're going to exercise those demons in six days. Story time. First sundown my mission. My uh, companion goes f- running into a room with two other elders. Comes out a couple minutes later. I was like, hey, what's going on? He's like, oh, we just uh, exercised the demon. And I was like, wow. Thanks for not inviting me in there. Jeez. Okay. Uh, so BYU football trying to do the same, I guess, this It's year. the season of exercising <laughs> demons. So BYU wins in Logan against Utah State. Exercise those demons five and zero. Well, Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney feel like they ain't no demons exercise here. That's true. We went up here two years Granted, ago. Granted, so Utah State, you may not know this, they have switched the team sidelines at Maverick Stadium this year. So BYU will be right in front of the herd Utah State student section this year. 
BYU so is going to advantage. Pra- BYU is going to practice by right next to a farm next week just to get used to sort of get that smell, that environment, um, so that they are are not thrown off by that. Okay, I mean, if you okay, so to answer your question, yeah, I think fifteen is fine. Would where would you put them? Would you jump them up a couple of spots specifically? A couple, yeah. I, I don't think BYU deserves to be seventh in the country right now. But if you if you're the only the resume argument person, then yeah, yeah. But huh? but I. I, I get it that BYU is 15th. Uh, kind of off cam, we were talking with Steve Young last week, and he felt like, hey, BYU should be a little higher right now. Um, I can see that argument as well. Listen, if BYU keeps winning, everything's going to be fine. Yes. It's not last year because it's not last year's schedule. BYU is going to play seven power fives. If BYU is actually like undefeated late in the year, BYU will be in a position to be in the playoff. But I still feel like there's a couple losses on there. I'm super excited about where BYU is at, but let's be honest. There, there are some notable injuries already, and uh, you know, let, let's see how it goes. Let's just enjoy this journey while it happens. Yeah, it's not last year, but interestingly enough, in week three, BYU was ranked number 15 last year, and in week three this year, they're ranked number 15. Well, then that's messed up. BYU should be higher because the schedule is very different. BYU is doing some special things, which brings us to our Monday stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. With 14 wins and one loss, only Alabama has a better record than BYU, 16-0, since the beginning of last season. I know, I know. BYU played a bunch of cupcakes last year. They've won three straight Power 5 games. Can we put that argument to rest right now? Just as long as BYU is ranked ahead of Coastal Carolina, I'm good. Anytime the Chanticleers are shants <laughs> down compared to BYU, it is a great day. What's up, Conway, South Carolina? Hope you're having a great day. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Kelly Ford, most deserving rankings. So this is just meritocracy Yes. Uh, based on results. Yes. BYU number nine on what they've accomplished this yeah. season. Yeah, no, two ranked wins, three P5 wins. Our question We've never seen of, this from BYU. Yeah. It's incredible. Our question of the day, is it too early to start talking about a possible 12-0 season for BYU? <laughs> We didn't start the conversation, for the record. What? What? Andy Staples started it. Goggle alert. Just so we uh, are all on the same page here. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At AC underscore Hutchins on Twitter. If BYU is able to get to 11-0, then let's talk about the possibility of a 12-0 season. I'll be happy if BYU is 6-0. Until then, it's always too early. Also, Cougs are going (laughs) 12-0. At Roberts underscore MN on Twitter says, looks at calendar, sees that General Conference is still nearly two weeks away. Yep, still too early. It's nice to be ranked ahead of Coastal Carolina, though. Yes, That's yes, yes. That's, yes. And listen, BYU's going to be 5-0 hosting Boise State. BYU's going to beat South Florida. BYU's going to beat Utah State and Logan. Granted, that's going to be a tougher game than yep. you, we kind of thought from yep. the beginning Utah of the State's year. Utah State's offense Blake Anderson's can score. Yeah. doing a nice job up there as a new head coach. Yeah. Okay, coming up. <laughs> we, <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. Is it too early to talk 12 Oh, man. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will address the potential of a very special season for BYU and how he thought the Cougars got its job done against Arizona State. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, how'd 3-0 happen? How'd Arizona State, that win happen? South Florida coming up. Gregor Bell sits down with Aaron Roderick and Ed Lamb in coordinator's corner. Coming up at the top of the hour on the BYU TV app, 1 Eastern Time. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton. 
That is Jerem Jordan. And uh, the questions that you just presented, you also presented to our good friend from ESPN, Trevor Maddich. That's exactly right. Conversation about Arizona State. Not much about South Florida. Lots to discuss. Here's my conversation earlier today with Trevor Maddich. Trevor, 3-0 and for BYU, ranked 15th. Life's good right now for BYU. Life is awesome. Enter into the Big 12 coming up in a couple of years. 3-0 and against three Power 5 teams. I don't think there's any other team in the country that's 3-0 and right now against all Power 5. Two of them ranked at the time they played them. And so if you're a BYU fan, right now is the time for tremendous hope, and the team is validating that hope. Okay, we'll talk about the 12-0 and kind of discussion in a second, but first... Let's break down this game. This was an Arizona State team that was ranked 19th, brought in a lot of speed, Jane Daniels. BYU's defense again shows up, you know, a sub-20 allowed performance again, and uh, BYU gets the win with some, some real drama late. There was drama late, and I'll tell you, the defense did what they had to do. You're right about this Arizona State team. They had almost everybody coming back. They've got NFL guys all over that roster, coached by an NFL staff, and they've got lots of speed, lots of playmakers, and the BYU defense did a good job of not letting them break loose, especially their quarterback, Jaden Daniels, who is a true star in the Pac-12. He normally averages just under 100 yards per game rushing, he was held way below that by the BYU defense. He wasn't able to affect drives with his legs the way he normally does. That's one of the reasons that while Arizona State moved the ball between the 20s, BYU was able to, to clamp down and keep them from converting yards into touchdowns. So that the defense was just absolutely magnificent in this game against a truly dangerous, explosive offense, as we will see as Arizona State goes through the rest of their season. Yeah, you look at the uh, you know the net eight yards rushing for Daniels, which was pretty shocking. Okay, let's talk about the the influence of penalties on this game too. Arizona State had sixteen, including four false starts on one drive. The BYU student section, the Rock, was amazing in that corner of the end zone. Arizona State was pretty undisciplined, but I feel like the crowd had a massive impact on this game. What did you see? The crowd was magnificent. I mean, these are a bunch of people that largely are reverent on Sundays, not so much on Saturdays. They went, and it was great. And the thing is, every time there was a false start on Arizona State, it it egged on the crowd. It got them even more fired up because they knew that they were influencing the outcome of this game. I mean, there was that fourth quarter drive where I think they had four false starts in the same drive. And that was massive because BYU was hanging on to a lead at that time. Now, part of that was the crowd. Most of it was the crowd. But let's also look at the big picture of Arizona State. Because of the nature of COVID last year, for them and for everybody, they didn't play in front of a big crowd. So the offense never had to work with super crowd noise. Now, you try to deal with that in practice by playing super loud music or white noise or something that would make it so you can't hear the quarterback. But it's different when you are in a game situation. Because in a game situation, it's not just loud like you can make it in practice with speakers. You can feel the noise like you're at a rock concert standing in front of the speaker. It reverberates through your body. It's actually a physical response. And so that combined with the fact that you can't hear, combined with the fact that it's been over a year since any of those guys have dealt with this in a game, BYU crowd had an outsized influence on what Arizona State was doing. And keep this in mind, too that this was a Pac-12 officiating crew. Arizona State was not home-cooked on those penalties. 
Yeah, it was it was gnarly. 16 of them in all, which was pretty crazy. And BYU gets the win. Play of the game, maybe the play of the decade. I don't know, maybe a top 10 play in BYU history. It was incredible. Tyler Algier, after an interception from Jaron Hall, chases down a man, grabs his left shoulder, punches the ball out like he's Captain America or something, and Jaron Hollow, by the way, hustles down and recovers it. That was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. I know you loved it too. You said as much on Twitter. I did. I said that that might be the greatest forced fumble in college football history. Might be, because I haven't seen every forced fumble in college (laughs) football history. But certainly I don't think it's hyperbole to say that it's up there with them. Because first of all, of the, the time of the game, the impact of the game, that would have been a pick six that Arizona State would have taken the lead with, right? And so it changed momentum, but also the nature of it. Tyler Algier is a big running back. He had a lot of ground to make up to catch the guy who was running for the end zone. On the right sideline, he jumped up on his back, and then while holding himself up there with one arm, he had his play side, or excuse me, sideline side arm, punched that ball out, a massive Braveheart-style punch, and knocked the ball not just out, but into the field of play where his guys would have a chance to recover it. And they did. Jaron Hall never quit on the play after throwing the interception. He went down there and jumped on that fumble. And so it was a a massive impact play for BYU that stopped a massive impact play by the Sun Devils. And the fact that all those things came together for Tyler Algier, the fact that he made up all that ground, that he rode the guy on his back, that he punched the ball intentionally back into the field of play, and that the guy who originally – through the interception, that would have been a pick six, recumbles, recovers the fumble. That, to me, is outstanding. And I'll tell you this, it made me think of Kyle Morrell going over the Hawaii line at the goal line, inverted, grabbing Rafael Cherry's jersey on the back of his nameplate, their quarterback, because he was trying to score a touchdown during our national championship run. Now, he has inverted Kyle Morrell. Is. He's upside down. He has got the back of the nameplate, and as he comes down on the ground on the Hawaii side of the line, he pulled the quarterback back so he couldn't score on that quarterback sneak. They were held to a field goal on that drive. If it would have been a touchdown, we might have lost that game, probably would have lost that game, and the national championship would not have been. So that was, up until this point, the greatest defensive play I've ever seen, certainly by BYU. This one by Tyler Algier is right up there with it. And it's a little uh, interesting that a defensive play made by an offensive player, and we'll see, it's a great play, no doubt, but the context of the play will increase in history, history's eye if this season goes really well. So let's talk about it. BYU's 3-0, way ahead of schedule. I think ambitious fans were calling for 2-1 and in the first three. Now BYU's in business. South Florida this week, Utah State after that, Boise State, Baylor, it, it gets tougher. It gets a little easier uh, this week, but it gets tougher later, too. Is it too early to talk 12-0 and at this point, Trevor? It is too early for the team. The team needs to be focused on this rep in this practice drill. That's it. If the team focuses on the big picture, they're going to lose the focus that got them to 3-0. and And they know that, and they will focus on the moment. But from a fan standpoint, not too early at all. I mean, it seemed insurmountable to, to – win three power five games, two of them teams that were ranked at the time, BYU played them, and be 3-0 and sitting at this spot. It just seemed like, okay, well, that's theoretically possible, but I don't know. Now it's a reality. It's real. 
And the thing is, the, the BYU should be favored in every game going forward, except maybe the USC game at the end of the season. Their quarterback, Jackson Dart, backup came in for Keaton Slovis against Washington State on Saturday and lit it up. And so USC, I think, is going to be a very dangerous team. But there are other dangerous teams, too, that BYU will be favored over. They'll be favored over Boise State, but Boise State is really good. They'll be favored over Baylor, but Baylor can pound the ball, and their defensive uh, coaching mindset is one of the best in college football. I mean, this is, this is still a really tricky, really difficult schedule. But BYU now, from a fan standpoint, it's okay to look at what's in front of the Cougars and think, you know what, we can get to that USC game undefeated. And if we do it's anybody's game to be undefeated at the end of the regular season. It is a possibility. But once again, let's make sure to differentiate between fans, hope and players needs. At what point in 1984 did the team start thinking about the possibility of going undefeated? You know, we opened up with Pitt, Jerem and at Pitt all the way across the country. We, uh, we're looking at a team that had a whole bunch of NFL guys. They had at least one Heisman candidate and uh, probably two. And they were ranked in the top five, I believe, at the time we played them. And so we weren't thinking anything about undefeated season. We were thinking only about Pitt. We knew we could move the ball. We knew we could interfere with their offense. But, but to have the hubris to think that, yeah, we're going to beat them and go undefeated, we, we didn't begin to have that. We had a good professional humility, I think, as we were going out there. We stayed focused in the moment. But when Adam Haysbert cut that touchdown pass from Robbie Bosco and we won that game, on the plane home, all of a sudden we started thinking, you know what, now that we're past that obstacle, we can sweep this thing. And we started thinking that way. Now, we didn't talk about it much. At least I didn't with people. We still stayed focused on the moment. But the possibility became real with the win over Pitt. Just like now, the possibility becomes real for these Cougars going 3-0 and against the schedule. Fun fact, Adam Haysbert's uh, brother is Dennis, the uh, All-State guy, President uh, you know, Palmer from 24. Fun fact. Uh, and then I love professional humility. That's a phrase I'm going to start using. That's a good one, man. <laughs> You know, it's what you need, but that's what this culture is. Listen, this BYU culture was forged in the COVID year of last year where no one knew if they would play. They were the only team west of the Rockies, I think, that were playing for a while. And they had to kind of make it up as they went along. They didn't have a conference to tell them what to do. They were doing things the way that they felt was right based on the science and based on what was best for the team. And the team came together in a way that I've never seen on any team before. I mean, it was astonishing the way these guys took a brotherhood and made it even stronger. And I think that's one of the reasons that they were able to be successful so much at the beginning of this season is that brotherhood. So I don't think they will elevate their eyes above the moment, which is what they need to focus on because they won't let each other. They're too focused on their family. We're talking with ESPN's Trevor Maddich, former BYU All-American as well. Trevor, with this schedule and this team, we certainly looked at it and thought, okay, we're going from zero power fives to seven. And if BYU can hang in this schedule and so far so good, this is certainly a team and program that's ready for the Big 12 where you will play eight or nine power five games. There's seven uh, you know, power fives, three in the bag, four left. Do you feel like BYU can go 3-1 and one or 4-0 and oh in those? And how tough will it be against Baylor, Virginia, Washington State, and USC? They certainly have the talent. 
you know, Baylor has one of the best quarterbacks in the country that people don't talk about in Brennan Armstrong. They are a well-coached, solid team. I mean, Bronco Mendenhall, former BYU coach, Robert and I, former BYU offensive coordinator, you know, and so many other B- former BYU coaches on that Virginia staff. They'll, they will be recognizable for BYU fans in terms of how they play a disciplined brand of football, very tough, very physical, a really hard out. And so it's BYU still has a long way to go. So what do they have to do in order to get there? Well, they've got to stay healthy. I mean, they've got some, some real injury issues with guys that are either banged up or worse on all three levels of the defense. They have had some injury issues on offense, Fortunately, Gunnar Romney is back, and that's that's a good thing. You know, Jaron Hall should be okay. We'll, we'll see how that goes. So, first of all, stay healthy. Second of all, really, the offense needs to play four full quarters. They have done enough to win. They've made some really great plays that look great on the highlight film, but let's not forget that they also have had way too many three and outs. As a matter of fact, after that first short touchdown, after the special teams play gave them that short field, the next three drives were three and out for BYU's offense. And on first down, they combined on those three drives of three yards. That's it. Three yards combined on three first down plays on those three, three and outs. And so the, the offense needs to do better at getting yards on first down in order to be able to get to where they want to go because the defense is really playing like crazy. But now with guys banged up a bit, they need to be on the sideline a lot more than they have been on the sideline. The good news is that the offense has the personnel to do it. The offensive line is playing lights out. We know the running back stable is fantastic. The receivers, as they develop chemistry with Jaron Hall in the passing game, will be the difference. It's that chemistry in the passing game to make sure that on first down, they're getting the yards that they need in order to stay even with the chains and then continue to hit the downfield plays that will take this offense where it needs to go. So let's not... Let's not put on BYU the, you know, the 2019 or LSU offense right now. You know, they're not there yet. What they do have is the ability to build it up. They have the personnel, they have the work ethic, they have the coaches, but now they need to get it on the field because having so many three and outs is not going to be a formula for winning against the power five teams that remain on this schedule and against teams like Boise State and the rivalry against Utah State. And the only good news about a three and out is that BYU rolls out in my opinion, the best player on the team, Ryan Rico. He punts an (laughs) 83-yarder, Trevor, the longest punt in BYU history. Rico's fourth in the country right now in uh, punt average. This guy's unbelievable. He's got an NFL leg. I think BYU will be lucky to have him for as long as they have him. He flips the field, and really he's done his defense so much good because when the offense would get stuffed on those three and outs from time to time and then look really good other times on offense i'm not saying the offense isn't good it is they just need to be more consistent then rico booms those punts flips the field and gives the defense a long field to defend and remember go back to arizona state they had over 400 yards total offense arizona state moved the ball but by not allowing them a lot of huge chunk plays byu's defense made arizona state be consistent and not get behind the chains and as they move the ball, move the ball, move the ball. Then all of a sudden, BYU would make a play or Arizona would make a penalty and they would end up off the field or at least not scoring a touchdown. And that was that happened in part because Rico gave the defense such long fields to defend. I mean, he is you can make a good case that he's been the MVP of this team so far. That's quite the statement, uh, especially for a punter, which is awesome. I love it. Trevor, we appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Jeremy. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation with Jerem Jordan. 
He says it's okay to start thinking about a really special season. You cool with that? Now they're putting these on, yeah. Blue goggles. Train shirts Blue on. The Blue goggles are on. Let's go. Coming up. Can we talk about it some more? We're going to. Uh, so, yes. 12 and 0? Question mark. It wasn't us that started it, okay? Following a rough performance Ryan yesterday in the NFL. Started the fire. Are you all still buying or selling your Zach Wilson stock? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Only throw it if he's open. Ha! After further review, breaks down that play, Tyler Algiers' incredible play, and many others. Tomorrow on After Further Review on the BYU TV app at 7 Eastern Time. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get great content throughout your day, follow us on our social media platforms that include Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. For now, let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Jaron Hall's behind the back pass. Intentional or no? I think it was intentional. He's a very, very intelligent human being. And in that moment, he thought, you know what? It's supposed to be a screen pass to Lopini Katoa. I glanced, he's to my left. Yeah, why not? And there's like spin coming off of his finger to suggest that that was an intentional pass. What do you think? Totally intentional. Absolutely. Patrick Mahomes, eat your heart out. Even even, uh, PM hasn't tried that one yet. Zach Wilson thought that was pretty cool, right? (laughs) Yes, he did. The ability to improvise. All right, Jerem, do you give more credit to the Aurora Cougars student section or to Arizona State's undisciplined nature for those 16 penalties on Saturday night? In my completely biased opinion, The Rock. Yeah, they were awesome, man. And louder, louder, louder. The whole crowd was amazing. I'm telling you, again, I mean no offense by this phrase, when the white hairs are standing up, it's a special time at LES. Everybody's excited. There were, correct me if I'm wrong, Four procedure penalties in that sequence where Arizona State was all false starts right in front of the Rock. Mm-hmm. Four, and a bunch of Arizona State fans were tweeting out, "BYU student section is quite literally shutting down the Arizona State offense. They yes. are winning the game." Yes, for BYU. So I give them—they're the reason the penalty number got to 16. Most penalties by an opponent since Mississippi State in 2000 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Crazy. Ugh. Arizona State. Brett McMurphy has BYU playing Cincinnati in the Fiesta Bowl in his latest bowl projections. You like? I love the idea of BYU being on in a New Year's Six bowl game for the first time ever. I don't care who the opponent is. BYU-Cincinnati be fun. Hey, a preview of uh, future Big 12 conference foes? That'd be amazing. Yes. Yeah, I, I love it. I think it'd be awesome. I'd take it right now. You know what I like even more? The fact that McMurphy said, even if BYU's 11-1, and one, I'd still put him in a New Year's Six bowl. There's a chance. you got to beat USC to finish strong. Right now, are you buying more or selling your Zach Wilson stock after a rough four-interception performance in his second NFL start yesterday? Again, in my biased opinion, I would buy a ton of this because, yes, this is going to be one of the worst performances he's ever had, if not uh, that he will ever have. It's silly to react after two weeks because the narrative after his first game was, wow, he battled back in the second half. Finished 20 for 37. He got, I mean, his offensive line didn't know favors. He was still making awesome throws. Yes, I'm holding on to my stock. And, yeah, I'm going to buy more because a bunch of Jets fans are just selling their stock. I can get it for cheap right now. I'm buying more on Zach Wilson. Let's go. I told you a couple weeks ago he'd have a three-pick game. It was worse, four picks. But, yeah, he'll have games like this. 
Because Jets suck. That's why. Also, he's going to get better. All yes. good. Coming up, our prop pick results. We have a lot of strong opinions on the following question. How realistic is it to entertain an undefeated BYU football season? This is BYU Sports Nation. It's not too early because we're going to do it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Check out BYU Football's Clemson Take tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app as the coach recaps the big win against Arizona State, previous South Florida. Isaac Rex is in the film room, and Peyton Wilgar is the deep blue, a story that has not been told with Peyton quite yet, which is just wild. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. It is time to break open the conversation of conversations on this overreaction Monday, Jerem. And it's presented by Andy Staples. He's sponsoring it? Well. Oh. Sorry. Oh, it's, I, I understand. He presented the idea. Oh, first, gotcha. I should clarify. And he did so on Saturday night. I quote a tweet from Mr. Staples. Brothers. They're, brothers. They're showing BYU's remaining schedule graphic on ESPN. Mm-hmm. How would we feel about a 12-0 BYU? Because that seems plausible. End quote. Jerem, there's a national writer starting that conversation. Is it too early to entertain and talk about 12-0 and for BYU. Entertain? No, we have a sports talk show. We should entertain it. Um, the reality is I don't believe BYU is actually going to go undefeated. I just think it's too tough of a schedule. I think BYU is going to get beat up. There's going to be a couple injuries that change some things. That's all good. This still can still be an amazing season, and it will be, and it has been so far. Um, this is the year BYU got into the Big 12 and beat Utah. It's already been an amazing season. And started 3-0, and and they're number 15 in the country. It's great. BYU's been in this position before where they kind of start strong, get high, and then, and then kind of go down from there. That's whatever. BYU's going to win the next two games. Boise State's going to be a tough home game. I still think BYU wins that. And then you go uh, four Power Fives in the final six. That's going to determine how BYU does. And three of those four Power Fives, by the way, are on the road. Okay. So it, it, I still have BYU for a couple losses. Um, but if BYU somehow got to that 10-win mark in the regular season, that'd be unbelievable. Because then you think, okay, BYU's ready for the Big 12, where you're playing eight or nine Power Fives a year, and there's been some balance, and then you can handle that and have a nine or ten win season in that. That's where BYU takes a step, because I expect BYU to be, on average, an eight and five team in the Big 12. It's going to be tough. You're playing a tougher schedule consistently. You have to build up that depth to be able to handle, like, what's Keenan Peely's situation? That's a massive piece of news that we're waiting to find out officially about. Um, it, you know, how's Jaron Hall? How's Jaron Hall? He said it was just a wind knocked out of him. Hopefully, there's no lingering effects there. He was down for a little while. Tyler Algier, okay, because he was like limping off of the field after the win. BYU's banged up a little bit, but um, you know, ESPN FBI has BYU as a dog at Baylor and at USC. That's it. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I, I, I still think there are a couple losses on there. But it's fun to talk about. It could sure like, it is. Like there's a chance it happens. I just think it's low. Now, interestingly enough, ESPN's Football Power Index has BYU at Baylor only a 29-point, so 30% chance of winning that game. And that number is down from last week. So BYU beats Arizona State, but Baylor looks strong against Kansas, and now FPI says that game's going to be even tougher than we thought. We'll find out who Baylor is this week when they play Iowa State. So a game to keep a very close eye on, Baylor against Iowa State. Also, Virginia at home. This was uh, until last week. A scenario where BYU was an underdog. Now BYU is 52% chance of winning that game after Virginia loses to North Carolina. And then USC 
This number's way down. It was a 33% chance for BYU to win, down to 27%. Is Jackson Dart the after hero Jackson that Dart. the Trojans need yeah. after Jackson Dart beat a very mediocre, if not subpar, Washington State team? Utah State went up there, so it feels like that's a winnable game. Um, at Saban Analytics, that's Paul Saban, who's been on the program, BYU alum, ESPN FBI guru. He said... In response to our question of the day about is it too early to talk about 12-0? Um, yes, 1% chance per FBI. If 7-0 uh, after Baylor, then people can realistically hope. Okay. Even then, um, I, th- I think it would be tough because, you're yes, you'd feel like – I feel like BYU can win every game on the schedule. There's not one where I go, no way. Like, like you remember 20 – so even 2017 preseason against Wisconsin, I was like, there's no way. It's the fourth Power 5 game in a row. It's it's week four. Like, no, BYU's going to be beat up and Wisconsin's too good. I don't necessarily feel that way. Although I am concerned in the back half of the season playing four power fives, three on the road, about the depth. Hopefully is in a good health situation to be able to handle it. Because when is healthy, we've seen that they can be really stinking good. Yes, we've adjusted our expectations after every game that BYU has played this year. ESPN says 9-3 and three is the projected win-loss total. Awesome. I'd, it feels like 10-2 and two to me. I'm ha- I'd be happy about 9-3 and because that means you have a chance of 10 wins uh, sure. to end the season. I'm just telling you. At 3-0, and oh, what? We said last week, I said specifically last week, if BYU beats Arizona State, then I feel like BYU is going to win 10 games in the regular season. It's, it's moved to that. Like I that, expect them to win 10 games now. Yeah, I'm not quite there yet, but um, I'm like at the 9-1⁄2. Okay. So who is it? Who is that? I don't know. At I don't, Bay- I don't know. It's going to be weird, okay? Yes. Because it's at- homecoming there. Yes. Like, there's a lot of hoopla. If BYU is a top 10 Are they team like a going high into school that game. That still likes homecoming? Is that homecoming still it's a, a thing? It's a huge deal. Like People it, like homecoming still? It's, it's a big part of why that ticket is the most expensive on the home schedule for Baylor this year. They do, it's a huge yeah. tradition, okay? So there's already going to be hype for that. If BYU's undefeated in 6 0, Going to Waco, and then you throw in the Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos thing and the mm-hmm. ties there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be emotional, and you don't think that B- Baylor fans are going to show out? That's going to be a sellout game oh, yeah. against the top 10 BYU team. Oh, if yeah. The Cougars are 6-0. and Oh, it's even bigger. Like, preseason, it was an expensive ticket. Jeez. Let alone, like, top 10 BYU coming in, maybe? Yeah. It's, Holy it's, it's probably too early, but... Let's get, to, let's get to Baylor, see if BYU's undefeated, and then we'll it's, go from there. If BYU gets to November undefeated, like Idaho State, Georgia Southern, USC, it's like, yes, BYU should win Idaho State and you know Georgia Southern matchups. But at USC, woo, that's, that's a doozy to end we'll the season. We'll see what the Trojans are by the end of the season. But it's a real – no matter what, it'll be a big win. No matter what, even if they're 5-6 and six at the time. Seriously, because, because of the brand. Coming up, Rise of Shoutouts. And our prop pick recap. This is BYU Sports Nation. Just beat USF. I can hear all of you now. One game at a time! What are you, Coach Satake? Get out of here. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Okay, it's time for a prop pick recap from game number three BYU hosting Arizona State you go first Jaron let's recap okay number of Jaron Hall first quarter completions closest to without going over you said four I said five he had one. Ooh man you win again it was a weird game one completion in the first quarter for Jaron Hall one completion and BYU never trailed weird All right, number two who will be BYU's second leading rusher versus Arizona State 
Jaron Hall had 38 yards net rushing. So he was second lead rusher. I get the point. Again, without going over, I said 58. You said 59. Uh, Jaron rushed for 59 total yards Gained. on the number. Gained. Gained. but the net. Because I know. Nice call. But I still get the point. Yeah. <laughs> number three. Longest Ryan Rico punt. <laughs> yeah. Ah! That's a Jaron winner. Uh, you said 50. I said 53. I was off by 30. Uh, we, yeah, still sorry we it. doubted you, Ryan. <laughs> Our bad. Ryan, I got your shirt, I believe. Holy cow. So after yeah. both So what are we doing next time? We're like, uh, 74. Yeah. <laughs> can, you, uh, can you rip off a 72-yarder? Didn't he have a 68-yarder in this game, too, or something? Like, or was it the week before yet? He was the week before. <laughs> Insane. Okay, so after both uh, of us uh, lost to Brian Logan in week one, yeah. and uh, we didn't do prop picks uh, because of the Big 12 situation. <laughs> yeah, we straight two. didn't do them. <laughs> we just, whatever. <laughs> Uh, I guess We're I'll busy. take the first official win of the season, which means later this week, Jeremy, you will spin the wheel of consequence. I thought it was the will of consequence the will, right now. The will? The big dill. The wheel of consequence. He's the real dill, man. Our question of the day, is it too early to start talking about a possible 12-0 season for BYU? No. Don't. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Kugmac. Yes! BYU's played three games. Not too early to start talking about 4-0, though. Hashtag like BYU Coach thing. Coach Mac in the house. Is anybody really concerned about thinking of a five and zero or six and zero BYU team? Come on, really? You got to go four and zero. USF is terrible. BYU's going to win the game, seventeen plus. I'm doing it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's go. Today's rise and shoutouts presented by Mountain America. The official credit union of BYU Athletics. The Rock, the yes. BYU fans, Tyler Algiers play, Baylor Romney coming in, Jaron Hall's guts. Uh, just, yes, everything. It was amazing. Another I, incredible Saturday I can't night. believe it. Like, I cannot believe it. It's fantastic. All right, our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. He's not afraid to talk about potential 12-0. No. Sorry to uh, Dennis Pinto. We ran out of time. We just talked about teams that start 3-0. You guys started 1-2 uh, you know, and two sometimes. Uh, conversation continues 24-7. Eh, eh. Oh, 09? I can't remember. On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, use hashtag BYU. Run, Tyler! For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Brian McKenzie. Nice. Stay tuned for Coordinator's Corner on the BYU TV app. Greg Rebell going to discuss the big win over Arizona State. Yeah, 09, they lost Florida State. Yeah. But go Cougs!